This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Inside the Electric Factory on a Wednesday afternoon, Wesley Euler here flying solo today on the Blitz, but never really alone, right? Got you guys on the tweets and the phone calls. We got to some of your reaction in the first segment. We will continue that here, oh, you know, about 15, 20 minutes or so from now because up on the phone lines currently, we've got our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. You guys know by now he covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Brian, what's up, cousin? How we doing? Doing great. Yeah, you're, you're never alone, Wes. I'm always with you in spirit. Even when you have moats with you, uh, I am still – I'm here in spirit for every show that you guys do. There is a, a weird dynamic of uh, you and Moats kind of ducking each other throughout this season. But, you know, we, we got all off season to figure that out. Yeah, I feel like I had plenty of, of quality time with, with Arthur this year. I'm, I'm not too worried about the misconnections. <laughs> Buddy, plenty that I want to discuss to you um, from a global standpoint, as Mike Tomlin might say, and then as it relates directly to the Steelers. Uh, let's look back first uh, before we get into some, some Pittsburgh specifics. You know, it's been, what now, three days since Sunday, um, since the Uh weekend, time to digest, time to really think about it, not being hyperbolic in the moment anymore. Uh, Let's say in our lifetimes, because you and I are both about the same age, you know, we've had about three decades on this earth, uh, best football weekend of our lives. Is that fair to say what happened this past weekend in the divisional round? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there, there have been some crazy weekends in the regular season, but I think the fact that it was the postseason and the divisional round setting up uh, four teams away from the big game, that, that really kind of elevates it for me. And you know, just I don't know if we'll ever again see the entirety of that round end on the final play. I mean, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. And the games kept getting better and better. So uh, that was a really fun weekend of football, like you said, Wes. Even the, the low-scoring Niners Packers game on Saturday night. Yeah. It wasn't bad to watch because when, when Green Bay had the ball, you never know what you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers. He, he can make just a, a mind boggling throw every time he takes the snap. And when the Niners had the ball, Steve Samuel is, is must see TV He's when the ball is in his hand. So, so even that game uh, that was kind of ugly, I didn't mind it at all. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I almost honestly like, I appreciate the the duality of the performances, right? Like I, I, I love the high flying and the quarterback play and the, and the ending and the, the back and forth that we saw at Arrowhead Stadium. But I do also love the, the defensive and the special team struggle that we saw at Lambeau. You know, that's the duality of football. I still enjoy low scoring games just like I enjoy high scoring games. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that and the fact that there was just all different kinds of, you know, um, food for the football palette across Saturday and Sunday, different ways that teams won, different controversies, uh, but all four games coming down to the wire being decided uh, on the last play of the game. Yeah, I, I thought that was certainly one of the better football weekends in our lifetime, maybe even the best. I, I, I got to ask, all right, you know, I think you know maybe where this is going. Was that the last of Tom Brady? Did we finally see TB12's last ride, or, or you think he's back for at least another year? No, I think he's coming back. I think if this if this would realistically be the last ride for him, we would have heard more about it throughout the regular season. This kind of seems like your garden variety posturing at the end of the year uh, to to sort of you know manipulate or or get himself to wherever he wants to be. So he's gonna walk away like this, although he's kind of in a similar situation now to 
to what Ben Roethlisberger was in a year ago at this time. When, once you get up there in, in age and you know, you're not the same player you once were, it's difficult to, to have exactly the, the sweet kind of ending that, that you would want. And I guess that's the catch-22 for anybody, right? If you win the Super Bowl like Brady did last year, on one hand, you can't finish any better than that. On the other hand, you, you're obviously still playing at a high enough level sure. to beat everybody. And, of course, that pull, that sucks you back in. So, at this point, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to have any better ending than sort of trying to – trying and succeeding, by the way, uh, to engineer that comeback by the buck. <laughs> and yet, uh, I don't think he's going to go out quite yet. Yeah, I don't either. I think – we're going to know ahead of time when it's his final season so that he can get that, you know, 17-game Kobe Bryant-style love fest everywhere he goes. The farewell tour. The farewell tour. rocking chair for him. Yeah, because we all know, I mean, if Tom, if anything about Tom Brady, it's that he's got no ego and doesn't love the attention and the adoration at all. It's Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with us here on SNR. Uh, last one about the, about the divisional round weekend. Do you have an overtime hot take for me? You love it, you leave it, would would you change it? Uh, would you say, you know, tough luck, life isn't fair? What's your, your take on the, you know, the overtime debate that was the last, you know, the last two days or so? I've got an opinion on it, but I don't think it's a hot take to say that if you can find a, a more fair and more equitable way to decide the result of a game, you should do everything in your power to do that. So what I'm getting at is I would like to see the rule changed, uh, you know, I could go a lot of different ways on what they should do, but when you see that stat that the NFL's own researchers, I believe, unearthed uh, after Sunday night, that teams are, what, 10-1 and one in the playoffs when they win the coin toss? So they basically are good enough teams, by and large, offensively, to march right down and score. I think that's an issue, and I, I think it, it's, it's just like before the overtime rules were expanded uh, to give both teams fair ups, in a sense. Just like back then, I think the coin toss is having too much of an influence on this. I know that the Bills could have gotten a stop, but did it really look like the Chiefs were going to get a stop mm-hmm. if that coin makes one more rotation in the air? So that's the way that I look at it. It's not excuse-making for the Bills. It's not the Bills got cheated because everybody knew uh, what the rules were going into it. But I think it was a good uh, a good example of, of why we could do this a better way. And I don't know if that's going full college roles. I know some people think that's gimmicky and, you know, it takes special teams out of the equation. What would, what role did special teams play on in that overtime Sunday <laughs> night? They freaking kicked it off and that was it. So that, that doesn't hold much weight for me as an argument. I, I'm also intrigued by this spot and choose method that a couple teams, I think maybe the Ravens, maybe the Eagles have gotten behind. Uh, it's a little wonky, but if you're the NFL, why not give it a shot? Even if just uh in the preseason or, or uh, maybe even the regular season. No, I, I think you're absolutely right in that regard. I, you know, this to me feels like, you know, remember, was it the 17 or 18 NFC championship game when there was that just egregious pass interference uh, that the Rams committed against the saints that wasn't called. And that just kind of festered all off season. And it was a big, um, you know, kind of side story and everything with the competition committee and owners meetings. I have a feeling that, that this could be the case, you know, with, with overtime this offseason, certainly uh, something to keep an eye on and something that I, I don't think is going away here anytime soon, Mr. Backo. Um, all right, before we get to some Steelers specifics, uh, quick predictions. Rams, Niners. Can, can the Niners really beat the Rams for what would be what, like the seventh straight time? 
I don't think so, man. I, I think, uh, you know, the, the writing was on the wall that this past weekend. You, you need to be able to score and put points on the board. I know the Niners have gotten this far with having just a dominant defense, but I, I still don't think that that can win you a ring. If, if, if that happens, you know, feel free to call me out on it. You know, call me on the carpet <laughs> in a couple of weeks and, and tell me I was wrong. I'll admit it. I just don't think that uh, that is the, the recipe to hoist the Lombardi. So I've got the Rams over – San Francisco, and I've got the Chiefs over the Bengals, although uh, you, you got to love how feisty this Cincinnati team is. You know, I, I, I'm not rooting for any team <gasps> per se, but uh, it would be nice to see some new blood <gasps> in there. We, I know we had the Chiefs uh, the last couple years. They're very fun to watch on the big stage, but I feel like Joe Burrow and, and his cast of characters, uh, kind of easy to get behind them. They're a, a classic underdog Cinderella story and I, I like that regardless of the sport regardless of the division uh, and, and the the rivalries that may exist for a lot of our listeners here I don't disagree with you in that I, I do not I know none of us have good feelings about Cincinnati but I that is that is certainly a a fair observation and, and, and I mean, thought process from you college football Wes like I you know I, I get that Alabama yes. and Georgia yes. are usually the best teams in Clemson and Ohio State as well that doesn't mean I want to see them in it every year. Completely like, agree. I, sports, is, sports is so much more fun when you, you know, get off your high horse about, oh, I, the best team deserves to win. Who cares? It's a single elimination <laughs> tournament. I'm all for the good stories, the memorable uh, runs yeah. and, and remarkable results that you'll, uh, you won't soon forget. And I think this Bengals team, if, if they can do it, uh, would fall into that category, no doubt. It's, it, it's so true. You're right. And I think it's, you know, there's – there's some Tom Brady conversation in there, right? Like, I, I don't hate Tom Brady like like a lot of people do, like most Steelers fans do. I just want to see somebody else. I've got I've got no beef with, with Nick Saban in Alabama. I think it's crazy impressive what they've done, but I just want to see somebody else. I think the perfect, you know, kind of scenario is like what we had with the Golden State Warriors for a little bit, where it was like four or five years of this is the team, this is the dominance, but then it moves on. You know, it's it's not a decade like it's been for Al. It's not 20 years like it's been for Tom Brady, 15 years for Alabama. You know, if it's four or five years of having that team to root against, to me, that that's fine. That, I think that Golden State thing really propelled the NBA to, to casual sports fans all across the country. But I, I think you're right. There is just a fine balance there where, man, you just want to see some new names, some new faces, some new blood get in there. And if the Chiefs go for a third year in a row, they're going to be teetering on kind of that dynasty territory a little bit at least in the AFC and hey I I acknowledge too like maybe you don't like the Bengals Uh, obviously all of our listeners are are huge Steelers fans so maybe you're sitting there like if they don't get there this year it ain't a problem because I'm worried about this team being there year in and year out with Joe Burrow and and all the talent that they've amassed by hitting on their draft picks there so I I get that too but uh, you can't take anything for granted in the NFL and as fun as it is to watch Patrick Mahomes do what he does at the quarterback position, uh, I think it would be just as fun to see Joe Burrow playing against, I'll say the Rams, um, since they've got Aaron Donald, a local guy. Plus, I think Bengals-Rams is a uniform matchup. Chef's kiss, Wes. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, and you know what? The, the other thing about Joe Burrow being out in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl in a little over two weeks would be that that means Jackson Mahomes wouldn't be out in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. <laughs> In a couple weeks. All right, Mr. Backo, a couple Steelers, Stellar's questions for you before I let you go here. It is our buddy Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, with us here on the Steelers Blitz. 
defensive coordinator. Let's go there first. Um, Keith Butler going to be retiring. I know that the Steelers have done the you know the thing that everyone was asking for. They have interviewed um, a, a few external candidates. I believe three is the number. We obviously know Terrell Austin's going to have a great chance uh, to land this as well. What are you hearing? What are you feeling as it relates to the next Steelers defensive coordinator? Is there a real possibility it could be someone from outside of the organization, or does that just feel more like them doing their due, due diligence and, and part of the process, but it's going to be Terrell Austin? What's your What's your feel on this? I've got the feeling that there's still like a, I don't know, 75% chance that, that it's Austin and they are <clears throat> doing, uh, doing their homework on other guys who, if the situation were different and you didn't have a, a clear cut in-house candidate to promote that, that they would be all about, uh, you know, giving this job to. So maybe uh, you, you'll get one of these three guys, uh, Joe Witt, Patrick Graham, or Chris Richard. Maybe you'll see them on the staff in another capacity since there's, uh, it's silly season in the NFL. Coaching changes are happening. We have another opening now with Sean Payton surprisingly stepping down in, in New Orleans. So uh, you've, you've got to do your, your due diligence, to use your phrase. And uh, Mike Tomlin is you know, a, a guy who hasn't made a ton of crazy moves to shake up his coaching staffs over the years. So I, I think you'll get kind of the status quo with sticking with somebody he knows and he, who he's comfortable with and Terrell Austin. And, and in this case, I will say – as opposed to a couple of the moves maybe last year, this is someone who's, who's very clearly qualified. It's yes. not a leap of faith yes. to promote someone who's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL for three different teams. So uh, that, that won't surprise me at all if, if that's the way they go. It actually would surprise me if they go with a, a candidate outside the organization for this role. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to uh, obviously put words in your mouth, but do you kind of have the same thought process about the impending what we all believe is the impending vacancy at the GM position as well, too. We know Omar Khan, he was interviewed by the Texans last year. His name is being mentioned in circles around NFL jobs this year. Brandon Hunt uh, is going to be interviewed by the Raiders, uh, according to yeah. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. Both of those guys, I think, are very capable replacements. And and I, you know, Steelers fans all the time say, well, how come Tomlin's coordinators are never interviewing for other jobs? These guys are interviewing for other jobs, but, you know, Kevin Colbert is still seemingly going to be here till close to May, you know, through the draft at the end of April. How do you think they balance the GM situation? Is it maybe an agreement with one of these guys? How do you feel that one playing out here? Because it does feel like they have two really solid in-house candidates, but those guys are wanted elsewhere across the league. It does. I mean, Omar Khan's been in, in demand sort of for a long time now, and for whatever reason either hasn't been offered those jobs or hasn't wanted to jump at it maybe w with the knowledge of what awaits him here in, in Pittsburgh. He's clearly a very sharp guy and, and the rest of the league knows that. And Brandon Hunt now is kind of elevating into that stratosphere as well. So it's, uh, it's one of those situations where, yeah, I think the Steelers will uh, again kind of pack on their value that they place in, in continuity and uh, familiarity with the people who are in the Kevin Colbert staying in place until uh, the end of the draft at, you know, it's, it's not going to be anything that would stunt the growth of anybody who would take over for him. I don't think if, if anything, you know, these, these guys have worked together so closely, all, all, all four of them, uh, the, the two potential successors plus Kevin plus Mike Tomlin that, you know, they've probably developed a lot of the same ideas about what they want in a player here in Pittsburgh, what they're looking for in draft prospects at all the various positions and, and what they kind of value as an organization. So it's not like you would be going from some sort of drastic uh, 
philosophy or, or mentality under Kevin Colbert to say Omar Khan or, or Brandon Hunt. Uh, sure. I think you're going to get uh, a whole lot of the, the same um, the, the same attitude that, that you've had previously, just with uh, a different, uh, different guy, a different name up there calling the shots at the end of the day. Brian and Mac- leading the operation, I should say, because sure, I, it's sure. never just a, uh, you know, a unit or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a dictatorship. You know, it's always going to be <laughs> a collective approach yeah. from them. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I, I don't know if I asked you this last week or not. La- last one for you before I let you go. And if I did, you could yeah. tell me I'm just I'm just being redundant here. Because you're about again about the same age as me, and you know you grew up in Pittsburgh like I did. You've been you've been a fan now, you know, covering the team for a long time, transitioning from that, you know, the, a lot of those those fan emotional feelings gone, transitioning to the media side, but still remembering what those days were like. Um, is this the most interesting off season for the Steelers since 2007? I've said that a few times. I feel like you've got a good global perspective on this. You know, that was the off season that Bill Cowher retired. Most interesting time to be a Steelers fan, to be covering the team since then. Is that fair? Oh, no. I think we lost Brian Backo. Oh, no. Oh, no. We lost Brian Backo. Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, geez, Louise. Is this him? Is this Mr. Backo? <laughs> All right. I'm, it was. It, you know what it was? Because we had a couple other guys on hold, and they got knocked off. So it was not you. It was something in our machinery here. Uh, m- m- most interesting Steelers offseason since 2007 when they had to replace Bill Cowher. Is that fair? Probably. Seems like one of those things we say every year. You know, all the Steelers <laughs> have a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of holes to fill. They're at a crossroads. But this time, it, it certainly is different with Ben Roethlisberger uh, finally walking away. Looking forward to chronicling it. Uh, it's, like you said, it's, it's something that we haven't really uh, had a chance to witness. Yeah. Uh, and actually, since beyond 2007, really since they drafted Ben and he stepped right in and, and won every game in the regular season as a starter his rookie year. You knew he was the guy. Uncharted territory now and uncharted waters for Mike Tomlin. So uh, it's going to be fun. A lot of avenues to take, and uh, it's, it's going to drag on because you're going to want answers, but you just got to take it day by day and let this thing unfold as it will. Buddy, great stuff as always. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you for calling back. You are thorough. You are detailed. You are a good friend of the show. And uh, thanks for your time, man. We'll talk next week. My pleasure. See you, Wes. Brian Backo, Shaler's Finest, on the line with us there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't rib him about last night, you know. Brian Backo, big basketball guy. I don't know if a lot of you know that. I, I, I've said here on the show before, you know, in the precedented times when the Steelers were still going to Latrobe for camp every single year, there's some pretty serious basketball pickup games that would happen out in Latrobe. You know, you, you got your day of covering the team and getting your work done and everyone goes to dinner and then, you know, a lot of people, they like to go to their favorite watering hole to get nice and hydrated for the evening. But there's a group of people, Steelers media, people who cover the team, national media as well, too. People like our buddy Jeremy Fowler, who used to cover the Steelers, but is now one of the big wigs for ESPN. They would have some pretty serious pickup basketball games in the evenings out in Latrobe on the campus of St. Vincent. Uh, and Brian Backo was was one of those guys. I mean, him and Jeremy Fowler might have been the best two out there. They were knocking down shots. They were playing good defense. Mr. Backo, pretty big basketball guy. And uh, his Shaler Titans had a big halftime lead on my Mars planets last night. Ah, but those scrappy fighting planets, 
came back and won the game. Not that I would ever rib Mr. Backo about such a thing. But make sure, as always, you're showing Brian love. You show the people, uh, the people who support us here on the show, our friends Chris Carter, Brian Backo, Terrence Garvin, all those guys. Uh, make sure you're, you're supporting them, showing them love elsewhere, showing them that SNR, that power grid megawatt uh, love as well. Those of you who are waiting on hold, I know Juan was on hold, and I believe somebody else was on hold. Sorry, we, it was weird. I mean, you heard Backo drop there. Like, all the calls got wiped. We had a little glitch in the system. So if you want to get back on, I will take your phone call. 412-919-8562. Those are the digits to dial. If you call here, wait like two minutes and then call me, okay? Because we're going to go to break here in, in just a couple minutes. Call me during break. I will get you up and on the board, and we will talk in the final segment of the show. You can also tweet me. We've got a bunch of your tweets. I've been bookmarking them as we go along. We'll get to those in the next segment as well, too. At Wesley Euler is where you get at me. Annie tweets us and says, a word to your studio, uh, your equipment in the new studios. The most important ability is availability. For all who think the tech issues will solve officiating lows, nothing is perfect, even technology. Brian Backo's call dropped while I was typing this. Yeah, hey, new studio. The most important ability is availability, just like Annie said. You gotta be a little more available for us here, partner. So we're gonna get the break here. On the other side, I'll get to your tweets. If you want to hop on the phone lines, we'll also do our first five-minute free play of the offseason. A reminder, that's something that, that that we do during the offseason. It's five minutes to talk about something sports-related that might not directly tie to the Steelers. And honestly, it's probably not even five minutes. It's like two or three minutes. But I got a doozy for you. Yeah, there's a controversy that's burning up the network sports conversations today. And I'll give you my, you know, my short little two, three-minute take on it. We'll get to your reaction. We got some tweets about the draft. We got some tweets about overtime. All kinds of thoughts. We'll get to those on the other side. Again, on the phone lines, now's your time to call. 412-919-8562. That's 412-919-8562. I'm Wesley Euler, and you're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> 